You're listening to the Redeemer London podcast. For more information, visit our website at redeemerlondon.org. Follow me. This is what we've been looking at. This is week three. Follow me any place, any price. I mean, what an example in many respects of what we're even looking at. A sermon series on the call of discipleship. We looked first week at follow me and serve. We know that Jesus was one who served. Last week, we had a guy called Ted from the States who said, follow me and read the Bible. We want to be those. that We believe this is God's word. Let's get a hold of it. This morning, I'm calling it follow me, bless. Follow me, bless. I believe that you are blessed to be a blessing. In fact, I'd like a bit of uh, audience involvement, shall we say. I'd love us all to say, blessed to be a blessing. Fantastic. I honestly believe this is a theme of the Bible. And if we understand that, it will impact the way that we follow Jesus Christ. I'm going to argue this right from the beginning of the Bible in creation in the book of Genesis. We believe that God created the creatures on the fifth day as recorded. He blessed them and told the creatures to fill and increase the earth. And then on the sixth day, God created Adam and Eve in his own image. The same blessing and command was given to them. You can read it in Genesis 1 verse 28. God blessed them. This is the man and the woman. And said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over everything, every creature that moves on the ground. You see, they understood and we understand if you read the Bible here that you are created with purpose It's not by some chance. The danger is we throw out this concept of God and then think, what's my life all about? Whereas the Bible would say, God created you and he's given you a purpose. Blessed to be a blessing. That is the answer this morning. Yeah. At any point you think, I'm not quite sure what to shout out. Hallelujah would do. Amen. (laughs) Preach it, brother. I love them all. But today I'd really like blessed to be a blessing. Oh, come on. I want to see, is it the English or the Nigerian that are louder in the house of God today? (laughs) We are blessed to be a blessing. Now, the, the reality is that if you know anything about the Bible story, we messed up. Adam and Eve said to God, I'm not interested in doing it your way. I want to do it my own way. And the Bible describes that as sin, and, and we just end up going our own way. But God established a covenant. This was with Abraham. You can read about it in Genesis again throughout the story. God in his grace chooses a man who's following idols and doing his own thing. But God chooses him by grace. And calls him into a relationship with Almighty. And he doesn't just say, look, Abraham, you're going to be my man. Us two, we are together. He actually says, I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing to the ends of the earth. You can read about this in Genesis 22. I'm skipping through the Bible passages will come up. Check them at home. Genesis 22 verse 17. Abraham is told this by God. I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. If you live in Manchester, it's as numerous as the raindrops that fall all the time. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you've obeyed me. 
So not only were we created with this mandate, God says, I want to bless you that you can be a blessing. When we messed up, God came back and says, I choose you. I have a covenant with you so that you can bless to be a blessing. And you can think, oh, was that just Abraham? Well, in case you try and duck out of it, Abraham's son was called Isaac. And God says exactly the same thing to Isaac. You can read about it in the four chapters later. Genesis 26, stay in the land for a while, God says, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants, I will give all these lands and confirm the oath I swore to your father. Abraham, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and will give them all these lands. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. You are blessed to be a blessing. That's what we see in Scripture, isn't it? God called Abraham and said, look, I'm going to call you. I'm going to have a covenant with you. Not just with you, it's actually with your son. Now, you're saying, Peter, you're laboring the point. I'm going to labor it once more because his grandson got the same blessing as well. You can read about Jacob two chapters later in Genesis 28. Again, the promises. It's almost like this is an inherited promise. It wasn't just for your father, Abraham. It's for his family. It's for his descendants. Genesis 28, we hear God say again. I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are living. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth and will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All people on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. So what we understand is the people of God are called and chosen to be a blessing to the ends of the earth. I mean, that's incredible, really, isn't it? We're not just called and chosen to stash it all for ourselves. I just think the great things that have happened here this morning, isn't it remarkable? Here's somebody who said, look, actually, my back was healed and it's been fine now for, what, two months? Somebody else is saying, it's incredible. I honestly thought my child would never go to school. But God in his grace. We get this word, you know, some people saying, oh, God, I've, I've had a bad experience with my father. But God says, I'm the perfect father and I love you. But this is not to be kept to us. Now, you could say, oh, yeah, but Pete, if you really think about that promise, where was it fulfilled? Well, we know that the the fulfillment of the blessings to the ends of the earth was through Jesus Christ. We know, therefore, that what was said to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob was fulfilled through the cross. This is the center, I would say, of the Bible, the high point of the whole story. Jesus' death on a cross. The Father sends the Son to live the perfect life. Jesus never does anything wrong in word, thought or deed. And as the perfect Son of God dies in our place. Jesus was punished so that I'm forgiven. That's how blessed I am. Jesus was wounded so that we can be healed. That's what the Bible teaches. Jesus was made my sinfulness so that I might become as right as his righteousness. Jesus died my death that I might receive his life. Jesus became poor so that I might become rich. Jesus took my rejection so that I might be acceptable to God. 
Jesus became my curse that I might receive a blessing. Come on, that's got to be worth blessed to be a blessing, hasn't it? Paul writes this to the church. Don't forget it. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is anyone who's hung on a tree. That is basically a reference to the cross. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Basically, Paul is saying, look, Jesus took the curse so you can get the blessing. I used to be a primary school teacher. I remember teaching uh, history to my school kids. They couldn't couldn't get over it. That, That basically, if you were posh in the past and you did something wrong and you were a child... A whipping boy was somebody else that took your punishment. Oh, you've misbehaved? And so they'd give him a slap because after all, we wouldn't hit the posh kid, would we? Some of us are thinking, hmm, would I have liked to have been there? Depends which kid I was, I suppose. (laughs) Reality is, Jesus Christ took all my punishment. You think, oh God, what do I deserve? What have I thought? What have I thought even since I've been in this meeting? God, I'm glad that's not shown on the screen. Jesus took that punishment. He took my curse so that I can know his blessing. Paul says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. You see, you've been chosen by Christ, accepted by Christ. You're blessed to be a blessing. I mean, this is phenomenal, isn't it? I didn't know that Will was going to stick that verse up there. But I would say that that's the commission that's true for all of us. You see, we're blessed to be a blessing, not to keep this to ourselves, but that it might flow, this good news might flow to other people. In Proverbs 11, it says this, Through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked, it is destroyed. We can make a difference on the whole city of London. Because we're blessed. I think that's what the scripture teaches. Blessed to be a blessing. Not just to keep it to ourselves. Not just to make our marriages slightly happier. Our kids slightly better educated. No, actually, we're blessed to make a difference. And so it was just read to us. In the end of Matthew, when they saw him, this is the disciples. Jesus had been risen from the dead. The disciples saw the risen Jesus. They worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the end of the age. So not only have we created with the sense of it, not only have we been chosen, not only have we been redeemed, but we've now been commissioned to go and shed this blessing. It's amazing, isn't it? Paul, when he was um, in Acts, he refers back, I showed you that this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remember the words of Jesus himself, it is more blessed to give than to receive. 
Oh, well, there's so much that we could take. I mean, to be totally honest, some of you, if you were around in the church two years ago, you think, hang on, Pete, didn't you do a series on this? Yes, two years ago, I think I did a series, and I think it was six weeks, and you are getting it this morning in 15 minutes. (laughs) To thank me, you can give six times the offering. That's okay. (laughs) So what is this? What are we looking to do? We are looking to bless. How do we do that? Well, the first thing is B. We literally, it's an acrostic that we like to use at the church. The first thing is, is be prayerful. We're here to pray a blessing over folk. 1 Timothy 2 says this, I urge you then that all petitions, prayers, intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people. I would encourage you, if this is part of your church, think of five people, not in your family, not in the church, Five people that you think, I know them locally. I just want to pray God's blessing over them. I'm going to bring them before God. Maybe somebody you work with. Maybe someone you go to the gym with. You just think, hey, could I, could I consistently pray for five people? Just pray for them. We want to be a church that is prayerful. I think that's the first step. And you might say, oh, I, I don't know how bold I am, Pete. I would just say, pray for people. That's an amazing privilege, bring them before God. L, what's another way that we can bless? We can listen. Jesus was always asking questions. Do you know, Jesus actually asked 307 questions in the Gospels. Golly, talk about childlike faith. I mean, it feels like a two-year-old, doesn't it? (laughs) But it was great. He was always asking questions. How good are we at listening? Now, I know that someone's going to have a little dig here because, you know, married couples are like that, aren't they? They reckon the average marriage couple only listen for 17 seconds before somebody interrupts. Shocking, isn't it? They reckon doctors, I know we have some doctors in the house, are worse. The average GP only listens for 11 seconds before they start interrupting. Ooh. Larry King, he was the American interviewer. He says this, here's what I remind myself every morning. Nothing I say this day will teach me anything. So if I'm going to learn, I must do it by listening. Now I think, how do we genuinely listen to people? Now, if we're really honest, it, it, it's your eyes as much as your ears. I've told people in this church often, try it. If you lean forward, you get a better sermon. (laughs) You don't believe me. You see, you just sort of sit back like this, but as you suddenly lean forward, you think, man, this is really getting to me. We listen with our whole body. We look at someone. We lean in. We're sat there folded arms sort of like this. You think, how do we really listen to people? E, what does E stand for in bless? Eat together. Eat together. Although Jesus was on mission for three years, only three years he was actually on mission, he's always eating with folk. He never sort of seemed in a hurry. If you just look at the book of Luke, for example, we know in Luke 5, he's with the Levi and the tax collectors. Luke 7, he's with the Pharisees and anointed by a sinful woman. Luke 9, he's having 
a picnic with 5,000 men, women and children as well. Luke 14, he's eating with another Pharisee. Luke 22, he's got the Last Supper with his disciples. Luke 24, he's eating with the two disciples on the way to Emmaus and suddenly their eyes are opened. Is it all about food? I just wonder it's about connection. See, I think one of the biggest challenges of London is you can be cash rich and time poor. And so I think when you're eating with people, it's saying, how do I take time? Most of us would eat three times a day. And some of us like to snack in between. Well, if we could end up doing it with other people, it's how do you have that connection, that time? Will you invest in people? S, will you serve? I preached on this two weeks ago. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. That was the example of Jesus, and to give his life for others. How do we serve others? Some years ago, when my son, my oldest boy, was in primary school, I was a school governor at the time, so you could break a few rules, I guess. I was aware that the, the staff meeting was happening. And so I decided to go and buy some daffodils and take my six-year-old boy and gatecrash the staff meeting at school. And literally, I knocked on the door. I said, I'm ever so sorry to disturb you. And they said, oh, what's the governor doing? And I said, me and my son, we'd just like to say thank you so much for the way that you serve us. And we gave every member of staff a bunch of daffodils. I just said, we really appreciate what you do. Just went round, there's, I don't know, 15, 20 staff and left. I kid you not, some of them broke down in tears. Now, I'm not sure if that was seeing my son back after school, (laughs) but I'd like to think it was the gesture. In all seriousness, you think it could be a fairly simple thing, but you just try and serve. And I think, when do we pause and think, actually, how could I serve someone? How could I think about some great way of blessing them? We are blessed to be a blessing. S, the final S. How do you share your story? You see, I don't just want to feel that it suddenly becomes, oh, come on, you've got to go to a Redeemer church and, and be oh, very moralistic and you've just got to always be doing good works for other people. The reality is I want to share something about what motivates me to do this. 1 Peter writes, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect we are called to be those that are blessed to be a blessing to make it simpler and some of you might say oh I've still got those from last time Pete I've actually even printed this out on cards and on the back of the cards are the points and and, and Mark and Jessica are going to hand these round right now so that you can say oh how do I remember the sermon today there's loads more Mark if you need some sermon today you could just suddenly say right how do I remember what I am called to do now I think this can be a challenge I'd, I'd like to be really honest with you uh, some of you know there's a couple called Matt and Tiffany uh, Americans that are part of the church they've had to go back to the states for six months but last Christmas Matt with some others organized for us to give out packs to the homeless in Ealing and, uh, you know, the, these packs, I mean, they were, it was incredibly creative. There was wet wipes and shaving stuff and biscuits and, and things to eat. You know, there was, I've got plenty more, guys, if you need them. 
But there, there was loads of these things. Anyway, the packs had gone out and there was one left in the office and I was feeling guilty because I'm a complete finisher. And I kept looking. Every time I come in the office, I thought, that pack's there. That shouldn't really be there. We've made that to give out to someone. And so I'll be honest. I thought, right, I'm going to pray, God, who could I give this to? And I, I, I took it out with me and I saw a guy. And I thought, brilliant, job done. You know, and I go, to, oh, hey, here we go. I'd like to give you this pack. Here. You know, I probably said hello for a couple of minutes, give him the pack and walk away. And I don't know about you, but it, it's one of those times where I heard God more clearly than ever before. And literally, I'm walking along Ealing Broadway. I feel really smug. You know what I'm saying? I've given away one of Matt's packs. In fact, I'd given one before, and I'd forgotten to pray for the person before. And I told Matt, I've given away one of your packs. He said, did you pray for him? And I said, oh, no. So this time, I even prayed for the guy. I was feeling really good about myself. Until literally, I'm 10 yards away, and God says, is that it, Pete? I said, yes. <laughs> he said, why don't you give him your mobile number? in case you can help him. I thought, well, he might call and ask me to do something. <laughs> anyway, I turned around and thought, okay. So I said, oh, look, look, I'm really sorry. And by the time I got back, he'd already opened the pack. He was eating the bit. He said, this is amazing. Thank you. I said, look, if there's anything I can do, here's my mobile number. Anyway, then I thought I should go back another time. So I went back. I brought him, he likes cappuccino. So I brought him a cappuccino, brought him a cake. He has 10 sugars, but I'm not going to make any comments on that. The nice thing is I take the 10 sugars with me and I pour them all in because then it gives me a chance to chat to him. <laughs> and he's going, oh. I said, you sure you want another? Yeah, another one. I said, oh, how's your day going? Pouring the next one. <laughs> so I'm trying to listen to him. And then I thought, okay, is this it? I felt God said, no, no, keep going, Pete. So I said to him, how about I take you for lunch? So he said, well, to be honest, you know, so he's actually on the street and he, he's begging for money. And he said, well, if I do that, Pete, I'm missing out on some of my money. <laughs> so I said, yeah, I've noticed that, but you only start at one o'clock, so I'll meet you at 12. <laughs> so he says, okay. So we go for lunch and I ask him about his life. This week, he literally sat and cried in a coffee shop in Ealing as he starts telling me all about what's happened in his life. Lost a leg fighting for our country lost his wife, parents died, suddenly it all starts coming out. I said, what, what could I do that would really help you? He said, could you get me a kettle? So he's now got a room, but he's got nowhere to make a cup of tea. I said, yeah, yeah, I can get a kettle. I thought, that's great, because I know my kids have been at university and they're no longer there, so I thought, I've got an old one lying around at home. So I get him this kettle and I take it back and say, there you go. Anyway, I'm taking him another coffee, another day. I said, anything else? He said, could you get me a toaster? I thought, I haven't got one of those lying around the house. I thought, okay, I'll go and buy you a toaster. Just shared my story. Now, look, at the end of the day, I'm not saying he's become a Christian yet, but I feel God's blessed me that I can be a blessing. Now, I've had to slow down. I've had to think differently. But I think, how about us being like that? I would like to challenge us as a church. Not all of us are going to go necessarily to another country. But all of us are caused, called to be blessed, to bless others. Let's make this as practical as we possibly can. This series is five weeks. Now, some of you will know that actually next week is week four, and the week after that is the Ealing Half Marathon. And as a church, we don't meet because we want to bless this place. So don't take the Sunday off. Meet me outside Ealing Town Hall at quarter to nine 
Yes, I'll say it again. Quarter to nine on a Sunday morning because we'll have a load of drums and we just cheer all the runners on. I know we've got a team of 10 runners. I think it is from the church. But, you know, the organisers said, oh, we love you. You're the drumming church, aren't you? And some people say, well, it starts well. I'm not sure it's good at the end. I mean, come along, give us some energy. Because you think we're blessed to be a blessing. It's not, oh, we're not meeting that week. We are meeting. We're just meeting out in the community. I'm thinking, how could we bless the borough? You might say, Pete, I feel a bit uncertain about how to bless folk. We have got a day's training coming up on the 2nd of November. Hopefully your phone's already out. It's going in right now called Jesus Through Asian Eyes. We've got ex-Sikhs, Hindus and Muslims coming to do a day's training on how do you share Jesus with those from other faiths. And you might think, golly, that that could be really helpful. Great. Come along because we want to equip you on this. Many of us would know that this term is our easiest ask in blessing our neighbours, and that's inviting them to the carol service. The MP's already asked if he can come. If you've been around, you know that Mr Pound enjoys our carol. The the mayor's already signed up, as have several of the local councillors. We're doing two carol services on the 5th of December. Why? Because we are blessed to be a blessing. Now, I know you're going to challenge me and say, oh, yeah, but all those things, Pete, we're inviting people in. How do we make sure we can go? Well, today I'm going to let you know that for two months, the month of December and January, we're going to do something called Love Ealing. This is us demonstrating the love of Jesus for Ealing in practical ways. So the first week of December... Again, I know you're putting it in your phones right now. Starting the first, Sunday the first, we're going to have a week of prayer because we begin with prayer. And so I believe this will be our biggest week of prayer ever because we're thinking, you know what? I'm called to be a blessing. I'm going to come and pray a blessing upon this borough. We will gather every night throughout that week and we will pray a blessing over healing. And then for the rest of that month and the next month, we're just going to think of what crazy harebrained ways we could bless the borough. Who knows? You think, I could, I could take some flowers to a school. I could bake some cakes for someone who's just moved into the road. You know what I'm saying? I think I could go and sit with somebody in my street who's alone, can't get out of the house, housebound. And I think, you know, I could wash the car for a night. I always dreamed of owning a Ferrari anyway. I'll just wash this. <laughs> Who knows what it is? But we want to be those that say, actually, we want to express something of the love of Jesus in this point. You see, being a disciple is not some academic thing. It's not just how we read about this in the book. It's how do we get to live it? We've always said in this church, Christianity is not a crutch for the weak. It's a machete for the adventurous. And this whole sermon series is saying, how do you get caught up on the adventure? We are blessed by God to be a blessing. Now, will you take this and think, you know what? I want to get involved. Let's not compare ourselves to others. Comparison is the enemy of joy. But what part will God have you play? What is it that you think, hey, I'm not sure I could do that, but I could do this. What is it that you suddenly think, you know what? I could just go for coffee with my colleague and I'll buy their coffee. I could just meet up with someone and think, you know, I'm just going to, why? Because I'm going to be praying for them. I'm going to listen to them. 
I'm going to spend time with them. I'm going to serve them and share my story. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you so much that we are created, called, loved, chosen, redeemed, commissioned by you. Lord, what an awesome privilege this is. You have truly blessed us in more ways than we can count. God, we pray your blessing doesn't stop in our own life. We pray that as disciples that follow you, this will flow out. Lord, we pray for for this term, September, October, November, December, January. Lord, we pray that we will be a church that blesses. Lord, help us. Help us to hear you. Help us to have the courage to obey. Help us to take steps just outside our comfort zone and say, God, we're trusting you. Help us just to be able to share about the Jesus that motivates us why we're doing this. We ask this all for your name's sake. Amen.